So I was in the middle of backing everything up, being responsible. Um, my backup is in a four-slot dock with yep. four drives in it. And uh, I've got my Pro Tools sessions, Ableton sessions, SFX sessions, and then usually like a blank slot for what I'm swapping out to back up on. Yeah. I just finished backing up my entire SFX library. Yeah. Uh, and then I had to get boot camp installed uh, for Viking Squad so I could start working on that. Mm-hmm. So I'm installing boot camp and uh, I have to partition my main drive. And so I do that. The, the boot camp assistant kind of hangs and freezes no. and I have to restart. So I, I just restart boot camp assistant. Yeah. And it goes fine. And I'm just psyched to be able to play all my PC games yeah. for a day. <laughs> and then the next day I go back and uh, I start up the OS side of the computer again and three of the four drives in my hard drive dock are corrupted. Ouch. So that included both of my uh, sound effects libraries. So that that included my main library and my backup. So I lost my whole library. I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McFlattery. And this is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Um, go by the, it's never backed up. Unless it's in three places, yeah, and generally that's like two local places and then somewhere offsite. Yeah, be and it, that's why I've saved my own recordings, right? Yeah, because be it, up in the, be cloud. It the cloud or um, I know somebody else who did periodic backups to their parents' place. Yeah, like when they'd go visit their parents, they'd back up everything onto a portable drive and then take that. And they had like two, so they had one always at their parents and one with them, and they just swap them. Like they'd go visit, swap the drives, take the other one back new backup how's this burned so down, that man? was that was a you know a more like you'd lose a couple of months yeah because they didn't go like that often but they went often enough that it was like that was a good like completely off-site and it was like in another town yeah I, that's that's wise enough yeah there were two two houses burned down within a block of my place in the past year in the past <laughs> seven months right across the street like yeah. a month ago and then at, on new year's another house a half yeah. block away so if, if you live in a character home, back your <laughs> shit up. Back it up. Back it up somewhere back else. Back it up now and I'm far away. <laughs> yeah. So that was terrible. Uh, anyway, so people should give us their backup solutions. Mine obviously are flawed. Yeah. Um, I use Gobbler. Okay. I use BitCasa. Yeah. So um, I've, got a, I've got a cloud offsite. Yeah. Of, that's my offsite thing. And, and I've got a time machine here at home that I, I think I'm due to... Right. Back what are your to... monthly rates for Gobbler? Gobbler's not bad. I can't remember what I pay. It might be eighty. Might be a hundred. Yeah. I don't remember. I I got a, a deal. Yeah. Um. But the really nice thing about Gobbler is that it's designed for audio sessions. So when you fire oh. Gobbler up, it scans your drive and goes, "Here's all your Pro Tools, Logic, Ableton, like all just all your sessions." Like it. It knows what to look for and it won't orphan stuff. Oh wow! That's like, in theory, really that's good. the idea. What it's made to like grab all your multimedia sessions, right? And so you can just go back up these sessions, and it grabs everything it needs, and we'll do incremental. And I know some other guys who you've um, who's used Google Drive. Yeah, um, which I think people forget, me included, that Google Drive like is actually a really huge storage. If you've got a Gmail account, it's like forty gigs or something. No, 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 no. no. It's way bigger than that now. What? 
Oh, really? It's the last I mean, time I've, somebody told me about it. I was really surprised it was as big as it was. The, was like, wow. the last time I got an a warning to that I needed to get rid of stuff. Yeah, I can't remember when that was, and I'm <laughs> always uploading things to it. So, I'm never taking stuff down. Yeah. So, so everybody's got one of those. So like, yeah, it's just that, and it's free. Things are it's so big now. Like I need like terabytes of yeah, space online. Totally. But then your ISP gets crazy as well. Yeah, because that's what I what I was doing was. <laughs> was automatically backing up all my sessions and everything Yeah, to BitCasa. And then my ISP called, like, called and were like, hey, so check this out. <laughs> and I'd gone like 500 gigs over my limit. So you're probably on some watch list for like, from, they think yeah. you're totally like. Yeah, totally just the Pirate Bay guy. Yeah. <laughs> is in Canada now. And the thing is, like, I think a lot of people, you've even got a solution. You don't even realize it. Yeah. Like Google Drive, everybody's got Google Drive. Like, just you know, you've really got no excuse not to. Yeah, we were going to talk about uh, trailers. So I have a fun trailer story. We just released the Oklos trailer. So there was that Charles Dean and talk at GDC that we yeah. went to, all about trailers. For the developers out there, anybody interested in making a trailer, the Charles Dean and technique that he shared at GDC was really cool. Yeah, and that was basically starting with an audio dynamic, almost just grabbing another trailer that you like the flow of and pulling the audio out and doing your visual edit to match that audio and then basically replacing all the audio with applicable audio to your game after that. Yeah, it gives you a template to work from that, like, is something that works. Yeah, because if if you just grab a song, and some songs are great because they are extremely dynamic, Yeah, but if you just grab a song, then it's just buh, 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 buh. And all the cuts are landing on the beat. Yeah. And it, it really bores people. And a lot of people don't even do that when they're cutting a trailer either. They just have a song and then they cut yeah. whatever they want visually <laughs> on top of it. And yeah. that is a bad trailer. You've got it. Like our, our trailers, we they, they, they cut to the music. Yeah. And they will sometimes animate to the music. Yeah. Um, so the nice thing about having classically trained animators is they're all used to working to beats. Right. Right, so they're like that's how they animate. They animate to, to certain beats. So right, like, it works out really well when it comes time to do a trailer and put music to it and stuff because they've kind of already been doing that. You give them a, a tempo. I mean, that's mm. one thing. If you're getting music written for, your trailer, yeah. And so do you, if you guys? Give your composer will go. Okay, this is the tempo we're going to work at, and you tell your animators this is the tempo we're going to work at. It'll all come together, right? Really nicely. Okay, and so do you guys? Will you have your composers write music first? Uh, or will no? We'll music? we'll temp in music first. Okay. Um, sometimes it's like inspirational, like this is what we want it to sound like, or it's other stuff we've already got for our game. Yeah. So it's like this is in the vein of what we're doing for the game. So right. let's work to that. Yeah. What we did for Oaklos was I had already done a song uh, just for the first level, and then I did a music edit of that yeah. song to contain all these these peaks and valleys and stuff. And then they cut the uh, trailer to that. And it yeah. worked out great. We got some big internet guy gave us a retweet and nice. said, this is how you do a trailer. So cool. that, was, that was cool. There's a lot of like technical stuff that if you're doing a trailer that you need to pay attention to. It'll like, save you time. And Yeah. So um, one of the big ones that I always like hammer on is if you're capturing game footage, turn the music off. Yeah. Turn the sound effects on. Mm-hmm. And turn the music off. Yeah, you could save yourself a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. Because you're gonna use, you're gonna want your in-game sounds in your trailer 
like for gameplay. And if the music is on, you've got to re-spot, like you've got to redo all the sound effects for those scenes instead of having what already was running in the game engine. And have sound effects. Yeah. A lot of people skip sound effects. You don't see a lot of movie trailers without sound effects that are effective or without dialogue. You yeah. Know? So you have to have that in there. It has to be mixed properly. Yeah. So. I always try to, and I know um, this is something that they they stray away from on bigger trailers, mm-hmm. but I always try to have all my sounds be in-game sounds so that it, it, there is a direct connection between the game and the trailer. Yeah, when you can start so, branding the sounds of your game yeah. that early And to me, well. it's a bit disingenuous to like build up a whole thing that's not what you're going to end up buying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like uh, the Dead Island trailer. It was an amazing trailer, um, and I'm actually currently playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun zombie game. Like, there's nothing wrong with the game. Yeah. Like, it's a fun, it's a fun game. You know, you craft weapons, you kill zombies, blah blah blah. Like, yeah, I don't think it's anything revolutionary in that area, but it's solid. Yeah, but it know? was a pretty revolutionary, but it's, feeling trailer. It's not. It's not what the trailer depicts. No, that it was like that, that whole emotional thing. It's just that's it's just it's a zombie game. Be true to what your game is going to be. Well, do you think that trailer did its job? Do you think it sold games? I think it sold games. Yeah. Whether or not those people who bought the game purely by that trailer were happy afterwards is another thing. Yeah. Right. Like I think there's a difference. You can pull the wool over people's eyes once, but you can't do it again. Yeah. And you're going to get burned. Like you get first sales, but you're going to get burned on subsequent sales down the line. Yeah. Just from people being mad. You know, like, how many times have you seen, like, the E3, like, videos that come out, like, when a new new console has been out, like, the um, the stuff that came out on the PS3 and stuff, and they were like, this, yeah. is, this is our target videos, and then it doesn't come out looking anything like that, and everybody gets really mad, because they're like, yeah. you, sh- you said it was going to be this. Yeah. And it wasn't. The trailer is to get people excited about your game. And to sell it. And I think you need to be truthful in that regard of this is what my game is. And that's definitely something you can learn from the uh, from the movie industry as well. Is that movies that have unrepresentative trailers yeah. get they bomb. Yeah. Like things like like Jeff who lived at home. Mm-hmm. Get shows that are marketed as comedies that are actually dramas. Yeah. People hate them. Yeah. They they get an experience they didn't want going in. That's a big one of like you think you're going to see a comedy and it ends up being a drama and you're just like what? Yeah. And people hate it and it's not because it's a bad movie, but that's not what they're primed for. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time that's not the filmmaker's fault. So as indies, that's something you should really seize is that you maintain that control. Yeah. And you're not losing it to a studio. Yeah. And think about it. Don't try to bang out a trailer in a day. Yeah. Like have <laughs> it's an iterative we've, process. Yeah, like we've done else. like. You know, we do um, sometimes like custom animations and stuff at Clay for, for ours, and people love them. Yeah. And it takes us a long time to do that. Well, look at what the, the TF2 guys do. Right. Crazy. The the whole meet the whoever yeah. series. Yeah. They're, they're essentially trailers. Yeah. People go nuts for them. So. Yeah. There is uh, technically on play.sound.com, mm-hmm. like play D-O-T sound, not not a bunch of dots. Oh, okay. The words play.sound.com had a really good uh, webpage about capturing four trailers. Yeah. Like how to capture your video, what formats you need. Um, so I'll post the link up on the website because I'm not going to. Yeah, we talked about getting website. into it. Just too big of a rabbit hole. There's a whole bunch of technical stuff. And that's that um, they covered it really well. 
Like I read it and was like, oh, this is all the technical stuff we were going to talk about. So instead of that, go read that web page. It'll cover it. Mm -hmm. I'd say the couple of things I think we will technically cover is every DAW like wants a different file format. And they're very picky about it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Pro Tools. As a sound designer, learn what that is and demand it. Don't just take anything from the devs. And it has to come directly from the video editor sometimes because, like, I'll get... So Pro Tools likes .movs or the newer versions of Pro Tools like .movs best. Older ones, not necessarily as much. But so I'll get... I'll ask for MOVs, but sometimes people still send me MP4s. Yeah. Uh, And I'll convert the MP4s to .movs. Right. They'll still crash Pro Tools. Yeah. So there's some kind of lingering metadata or something that yeah. Pro Tools still hates. So it has to be directly out of the video editor, yeah. the correct file format, the correct co- codec. And as a dev, ask your sound designer what format he needs. Yeah. Like there's a he's not yanking your chain. There's a real reason that the sound designer wants a certain format. Yeah. It'll all make your life. Yeah. Save yourself some time, everybody. And if you're capturing out of Flash... Flash is completely inconsistent frame rates. It's something to really look out for. Um, the way Flash exports is it basically runs it and captures a buffer. Like, it's this weird, like, it plays it. So if you've got a, a computer that's getting hammered, the frame rate slows down, it captures a slowed down frame rate. Oh, yeah, that's a pain. So if I've so I've, capturing out of Flash, would you just play the animation in Flash and use screen capture software to that's grab it? Pretty, that's exactly what Flash is doing. Oh, like that's what it's doing. Okay. So if the computer is having frame rate issues, you'll have frame rate issues in the the capture. Okay. You need to be running at a computer that can like is running Flash at thirty or sixty frames a second or whatever, like solid. Right. That's the, that's the only way to do it. You need a really powerful computer. Yeah. You're almost better to like put it in the game, capture it with fraps that you know is solid. Yeah. And like which fraps also is a problem um because f- the fraps codec is huge. Like if you capture with fraps, your files are massive. Yeah. So you need to transcode it into another like format. Mhm. Um and not just like transfer it to an MOV. You need to know about containers and yeah. codecs and everything, which, like I said, is in that website. Go read about it there. Yeah. But Fraps is a really bad codec because uh, it's huge and there is no Mac version of the Fraps codec. Yeah. So it's just you can't even play it on a Mac. Okay. I've yeah. been I've been using just QuickTime. Lately. Yeah. I guess the yeah, other it's semi technical. I guess is the concept of lock. Okay. When you give a video to your sound guy, it has to be locked. Conforming audio sucks. It's it's a surefire way as as a dev to make your sound guy like bitter. Yes. Is like, hey, I changed the timing again, and he's like, mm. like this is why I left film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's certain things we can do before lock happens. Like, it's it's really nice because I'm right in the same place. With, yeah. With the guys I'm working with, so we can establish a timeline of things and if they're like by this date we're gonna have like everything roughed in i'll be like okay you can give me a video of that and i'll start working on ambiences background stuff thing that isn't 
like lock to picture, mm-hmm. but anything involving movement or beats, I'm not touching it until you give me a solidly locked file that yeah. you're never touching again. Yeah. And I mean, I, mean, I, I just have that thing in me where I don't ever trust the artists. I like, mm-hmm. love them to pieces. But even if you tell me all the animations are locked and we're just dealing with like colors and stuff, I'm like, no, no. I don't still don't trust you. <laughs> it has 100% of the time that I've been told that the picture has not been locked. Just let them know that they're wasting money. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're on an hourly. Yeah. Like you have to explain that like okay, it's going to you're doubling the my you're going to pay me twice. Yeah. Cuz exactly. I'm going to have to go over it again. Yeah. Know your timing. That's why it's that's why if you work with that audio template on your trailer, yeah. You'll be able to lock pictures so much faster. So, trailer music is another thing. Um a lot of people just use, you know, your in-game music or whatever for your games. Getting music made just for your trailer can actually be a big promo thing Mm -hmm. um our last don't starve trailer the people are like we want the music yeah so we're adding the trailer song from our last trailer to our soundtrack yeah or to a bundle or like they wanted that music so you can actually like here's the new trailer here's a download of the new music or even like you know the trailer song is a track on the soundtrack whatever like Mm -hmm. you can use that it's not just a like one-off you're only going to use that music there. You can actually use it in a lot of places. Yeah, well, it, like, and if you can sell the music and people are playing the music, playing it for their friends, then the, then the music's going off and marketing the game on its own yeah. without people even need, needing to lay eyes on the game. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So question whether or not you want to get music written just for your trailer. It could be more than, pay off more than you think. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you planning to do with the, um, Oculus you used... In-game music. Oculus was in-game music that's going to be in-game. But right. it was like a custom cut of that music. Right. Yeah. So you could take that cut and put it out. It's going a, on an album. Yeah. 100%. That's cool. Yeah. And it can also be a teaser. I mean, we're leading up to Reign of Giants for the expansion to Don't Starve. Oh, sweet. We had a bunch of mu- new music written for the expansion. Okay. Because um, the way the game worked is we had three songs for every season. Okay. And we were adding two new seasons to the game. So it meant... I was like, there's six new songs going into into the game. Mm-hmm. So each of the the trailers were season based. Okay. Uh, the little teaser. So I used the appropriate seasonal music for each teaser, which meant new music went into the trailers. Like that uh, was the first time they heard it. Was like the new summer music. Like so it got people excited. Of like, I'm seeing new things. I'm hearing new things. You're getting new tracks. Like, there's new music going into the game. So. Uh, and that familiarity immediately breeds an enjoyment when you're in the game as well. Yeah. Just the f- you, they might not even remember where they recognize the music from, but they will, and then it brings them back to something that they liked if the trailer was done well. Yeah. So related to trailers, in a kind of sideways way, is the doing sound replacement on trailers. Mm-hmm. Great way to like. Get your feet wet. You have no experience. It's totally a great thing to do. Um, I know we've got opinions yes, we about do. those. The school I went to, your final project almost all the time is cutting a trailer or a short, short film. Like, yeah. It's supposed to go on your reel. It's supposed to, you want to keep it like under a minute and a half. So trailers are sort of perfect for it. Yeah. It's just a lot of people that are new kind of screw themselves when they pick their trailer. Um, right. The ease of getting a Blizzard trailer is, like, Blizzard just lets you do it. Yeah. 
all you, you can download the form and you're allowed to do a sound replacement for the okay. trailer, um, which is very cool of them. Yeah. However, as a beginner, you have to realize that Blizzard has some of the best sound designers in the world, <laughs> and you are essentially competing with them. Yes. And your viewers are going to see your sound replacement, probably having already seen the original uh, Diablo 3 trailer or something. Yeah. And, or the Swarm, which sounded amazing. Yeah. And they're going to hate what you did, yeah. even if you're very good. You're probably not as good as the Blizzard guys are if you're doing sound replacements trying to get jobs. Yeah. So my recommendation is to look really hard, look harder, spend a lot of time on Vimeo, spend a lot of time on Greenlight, watching uh, other games' trailers, uh, and pick something that, A, doesn't have great sound already, but that is also very visually stimulating and yeah. is a good a good piece of art. The, the benefits of this are your sound cut's going to sound better than the original one. Mm-hmm. And you might get a job out of it. Yep. If you pick a game that doesn't have a sound designer yet, and yep. you do this, that's something we do to get jobs all the time, mm-hmm. is find development companies that don't have sound designers yeah. and do a temp audio cut for them. Yeah. So This is what you could have in your game. This is what could be in your game. Yeah. So that, that's more valuable than doing a big AAA title. I think the, uh, my views are um, it's a great thing to do. Um, a lot of, yet same thing again. People screw it up a lot. Yeah. Um, and put stuff out that's so called finished, um, where they really haven't paid attention to a lot of areas. A lot of people yeah. forget a lot. Ambience is almost. Anytime I see uh, a trailer on Reddit, I can almost just start commenting. You need to pay more attention to the ambiences, mm-hmm. and then go watch the video and go, yeah, you needed to pay more attention to the ambiences. Yeah, um, that's a huge thing. And yeah, if it's not as good or better than the original, don't bother. Yeah, because I'm gonna just watch that and go, that's why. Yeah, exactly. You and know, and better can be like go a completely different route, like make it a different thing. Yeah, exactly. Like don't try to copy what they did, whoever they were. And you have the luxury of having all the time in the world as well. Yeah, the guys, the people, whoever that whoever cut that trailer probably had to do it in a week. Yeah, under pressure. Yeah, so use that luxury to your advantage. I do say I think it's really great the people who are posting on Reddit who are saying this is a work in progress. What does everybody think? Mm-hmm. Like getting feedback. Yeah, super valuable. Um, I think I think that's a really great thing that wasn't really available before, but you have to follow through with it. Yes. I think is the key thing. Like post a work in progress and say, I'm working on this. What do you, what, what does everybody think of what I've got so far? You know, here's the areas I know I need to do better at. Come back once you've gotten feedback and go, okay, I listened to everybody. I did a bunch of stuff. Here's version two. The people that just kind of disappear, you're like, okay, did, did you do anything with that? Did you, you know, the people that were saying you need better, the, the guns are too wimpy. Did you go and make bigger guns? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's really easy to get discouraged. Yeah. And those who get discouraged quickly disappear quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take as it. Well. Take it as a chance to take criticism because mm-hmm. that's a massive a part part of what we do is take criticism. Yeah. and constantly are revising and you know your ego has to take a serious five back backseat, real backseat, <laughs> yeah. like way in the backseat. Yeah, mm-hmm. kill your babies as I have said many a time. Yeah, and well. And there's this creation honeymoon period as well. Yeah. That 
I still, I don't think I'll ever get over. I don't think many artists ever get over it. After you've just finished creating something, yeah, you think it's the best thing in the world until you listen to it with someone else in the room. <laughs> they don't even have to say anything yeah. a lot of the time. If I just, I've, I've, I'll finish a piece of music and I'll be like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I'll call Caitlin in and be like, what do you think? And then halfway through, I just, I'm holding my hand back not to just turn it off. <laughs> just like, yeah. oh, I just heard 50 things I need changing. Yeah. But sometimes you, when you're just putting it online, mm-hmm. it's not the same person in a room self-criticism. It doesn't kick in. Yeah. So you still think it's the best thing in the world. You put it online. You get all this criticism. And then you just hate everybody. Yeah. And you want to quit. Yeah. So don't, don't quit. I, I leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> take some deep breaths and come back and actually listen. Yeah. Like I've I've put up some pretty serious what I feel is some pretty serious criticisms on Reddit of people's things. And I'm like, I hope this person is taking this the right way. Like I am meaning this as like these are things that you can actionably change mm-hmm. and make it better. Like I hope you take it as that. Like not I'm not attacking you. No. You know, but there's a lot of things that I think you could fix up. Yeah. You know, and like, please go fix them. Yeah. I feel if you're doing a trailer replacement um, as a like showpiece, don't do it like a movie. Do it like a game. Okay. Like show me like these are, like you said, if you take some indie guys who doesn't have a sound designer yet and do a mock-up, you're mocking up what you're, what the expectation of the gameplay is going to sound like. Yeah. Right. Do the trailer that way. These are sounds I would actually put in the game and, you know, you can go as far as like implementing them and playing them out of like FMOD or Wise. Yeah. Right. Like to be like here there, I made a car engine in FMOD and then I played it over the trailer. Yeah. And like make note of that. Yeah. Like these are all sounds that could go straight into a game. Yeah. Well, and that depends on what your applic- what your intentions yeah. for your resound are. I for guess. sure. Yeah. If you um, just want I a think- general portfolio piece then you probably want all the music and flash yeah, yeah, yeah there's something i'll totally disagree with you on that okay if you're doing a sound effects trailer replacement yep. don't put music in it no if you're a composer don't put sound effects in it okay what if you're both you could Which do what i am do both but then give me one and the other depending on what yeah you're applying for yeah yeah, yeah. like if, if it just put if you're just putting it out there like hey i did everything in this yeah, like this is up on YouTube. Here's the thing. Listen to me. It's me. It's like okay, that's cool. But if I if you're sending me something of like, here's to show off what I can do because there's a job for a sound effects guy. Yeah, give me just sound effects. Yeah, or if you're composer job, uh, show me just the music. Or if and if you're applying for both, then send three videos, perhaps. Possibly. Yeah. Or ask which ones they want. Yeah. You know how would they how would they like it? Like I've. You give me the options. I'll be like, oh, that's awesome. I'll pick which ones, you know, I want to listen to. Yeah. So I think that's important. Some people get, especially when they're trying to sort of do both, they get too focused on one or the other and Mm -hmm. the one does badly. Yeah. Or I've seen sound effects guys use commercial music, Mm -hmm. like somebody's song. They're like, this is an awesome song. And like, I think it falls within... um, probably technically wrong, but like fair use. Sure. Like you're just using it as the background music of your, your sound replacement. Like, I don't think that's technically uh, I, probably you can get pulled. Yeah. Yeah. Your video can get easily get pulled. Totally. Yeah. Which well, is another it's thing. Self, it's self marketing, right? Yeah. So it is, it is commercial. 
Yeah. If if you were using it to sell your business. So I, I think I think that should fall into fair use. Okay. I know I'm wrong. I know that technically you totally which is the other thing, you would totally get your video pulled out of YouTube because mm-hmm. some guy would make a copyright claim and you're dead in the water. Yes. It's his song or yeah. her if song or their song you, or you can sneak it by like internal use only, perhaps. Right. You know? But I think the bigger thing is that it calls attention away from your sound effects. Ah. Right? It's like I'm listening to this song going, oh, yeah, I know this song, and I'm not paying attention to, like, what you did. Like, yeah. showcase what you do. Also, say where you got everything from. Mm-hmm. If this is, like, strictly library, like, cut, chopped, and edited, tell me that. If you're like, I recorded everything in this trailer, this is all entirely brand new sound effects, Yeah, tell me that. I'm going to be like, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. Let people know what you did in your replacement trailer. Uh, you wanted to talk a little about SVN because you're using SVN now, and that's the first. Yeah, I'm. It's new to me. I've, yeah. I've used it for a couple of game jams in the past where I was completely fumbling around and did not know what was going on. Yeah, and now we're finally getting the hang of it. And I know that a lot of indies still don't use it, mm-hmm. and you're totally missing out because it's awesome. I, and it, it's one thing that's more awesome on PC. That's why I had to install Bootcamp. Yeah. Um, the, the Tortoise SVN. For PC is fantastic. It's so easy. Well, I think the great thing about that is it's free, right? Totally free. Yeah, like I paid S- I paid forty to sixty dollars for Cornerstone for Mac, and it's way more com- complex than Tortoise. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a bunch of even on the on the, the. We should probably explain what SVN is. SVN is Subversion, Subversion Management System. Right? Yeah, and it's co- content management yeah. system. Um, the big one that I used at EA was called Perforce, and yeah. that's a, like, you have to pay for Perforce. Yeah, they do have um, a free for a small number of users oh, do they? version. Yeah. Um, I really like Perforce, and it took me a bit to get used to SVN. It's a weird concept. I still call stuff by Perforce terms. Right. Even though I'm using SVN, because it's just like that's... The nomenclature is not, not locked down yet. Uh, yeah. Like, the, the cornerstone's all different as well. From right. Tortoise. So <laughs> this communication was weird. So basically what SVN does is it allows multiple people in multiple locations to remotely work on the same files more or less at the same yeah. time. So it's got a repository on online, and you all download a local working copy of the files online, and then you work on the game. So you like we're using it for Viking Squad, yeah. and I can go into my FMOD session uh, switch things around, add new files, and then I commit it to the repository. And only the new stuff uh, gets added. And basically it has to be checked in, right, by somebody that knows what they're doing. I, it's committed. It's committed. That's that's when a Perforce is checking. Okay. You, you check into Perforce. You yeah. check in and out of Perforce. You, can, ch- you check out of... You you check out to bring your main file down, and then you commit to send files back up on Tortoise and Cornerstone. Perforce is syncing. Okay. You sync all your files to make sure that you and the repository are the same. Yeah. Um, and you can do it in SVN. We don't, but um, it's like really hard-grained in Perforce of checking out. Right. Which means, which is also a really nice thing when you're working in groups of people, you check it out and you are the only one who can alter that file while it's checked out. Yes, that's a difference between Perforce that's not the same with Tortoise. You can, in SVN, check stuff out, but you don't have to. 
Um, SVN mm-hmm. is much more uh, about merging files. Okay. Um, which is one of the kind of like gotcha things you got to look out for. Code merges. So yeah. like you're like two people are editing the same, like working on the same C++ file and one guy checks stuff in. So what you've got is different and you go to check in and it goes, hey, these are different. How should I put these together? And it shows you, will show you, you can be side by side, go, yeah, these lines, like that all like smush all of that together. And it mm-hmm. does. Um, there is audio files that don't merge. Right. So you have to be careful with that. Like, and I, Usually that will pop up as a conflict, right? Yes. Yeah. It, t- it but still the thing tells is, you you need to resolve this conflict. Which the re- the resolution is using theirs or using yours. Right. Which if they've made changes and you've made changes, you're losing somebody's changes. Yes. Because you, you can't put them together. You have to take one or the other. Yeah. So you have to be careful with some file formats. They well, just and don't And just merge. communicate. Like keeping the communication yeah. up is good. Um, Which is where checking stuff out can be good because then you're not worried about somebody else editing. Ah, uh, okay. Like it's, right. you've grabbed it. And some files, like um, when you generate binary files, those don't merge. Right. And that doesn't matter because you're going to generate a new new banks out of FMOD or Wise or whatever. So those are new. Like all you care about is, you know, in in Designer, the FDP file. Yeah. Right, as long as you need the newest version of that, and then everything else, you're just going to blow away the generate anyway. Like you're right. never going to merge the generate, so right. you don't have to be concerned about those. Yeah, but uh, like for developers, like our experience, well, like Nick, yeah, uh, our programmer at Slick Entertainment is just so excited about being able being able to just boot the game up, and then suddenly there's all new sounds already implemented in the game if he's put the tags in. So it just makes developing more fun. Yeah, because like you're, I get, you're working um, with a you're working with a fleshier product. It's got your it's got more weight, yeah. and it's your your game testing is more fun when you got the sounds in there, and you didn't even have to do anything. Yeah, I I it's do like a magic. lot of stuff where um I'll build my fmod events with dummy or no sounds at all. Yeah, give them to the programmers. Go here's the events. If you hook these up, when I drop sounds in, it'll all magically be there. Yeah, and then I can iterate. And they don't have to do anything. Once right. it's hooked up, who cares? I can just keep checking stuff in. And then it's like, hey, downloading the new stuff and it'll sound all different. Sweet. And two, it's backed up. Yeah. It's versioned. So if you do like multiple versions of something, you can be like, well, I I, I didn't like it and I changed it. And then I realized, no, I did like it. Well, you can revert back to the old wave files and stuff. So you've got a like timeline of. Of everything that's not you know you can see too when people are checking stuff in mm-hmm. who's checking what in you can leave notes yeah. when you change things yeah yeah there's like so many good i was a huge perforce fan and i was kind of like resistant to svn right um svn's great there's like i have no problems with it now it was just that initial like oh i gotta learn something new yeah <laughs> i've yet to find a good free mac client for svn i have i don't um, think there is one really there's no free one. There's good pay ones. Yeah. Um, so, and I've seen most of them seem to be in the 40 to $60 range. So you can totally use it cross-platform. Mm-hmm. You just, you have to pay on the Mac to get a client. There's free clients on. On PC. Yeah. So. Yeah. But as a sound designer, it just, it allows you to get your fingers into the game more. Yeah. I think as well. And too, if you're running, if the game team is running an SVN server. Mm-hmm you can check in your creation like pro tool sessions and stuff and have that backed up. 
Ah, that's great. Right? Like, it's another way to back everything up. Mm-hmm. It's, like, off-site, you know, versioned out, like, so you can, yeah, you can check in all of the stuff. So when, it, you know, two years down the line, when you're like, hey, we're making a sequel. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what I did. Whoa, look, there's all my Pro Tools sessions, like, all my creation sessions, logic sessions, whatever it was. Right. You know. Just, Up on the server. Yeah. That's awesome. It's It lives with the game. So, like. We've got um, things split out by, like, uh, here's what's with the game, and here's the, like, source that the artists are working with. And the artists are the only ones who download all the super source stuff. Yeah. The programmers don't care about that. They just want whatever's going into the game. Mm -hmm. So I have the same with audio, and I generally wait till the end of a project to be like, here's all my Pro Tools sessions that are, like, gigs and gigs and gigs that nobody wants to. But I put it in a separate section because you can choose which parts you're bringing down off the server. That's the other nice thing. If you're like, there's all the art stuff. It's backed up. I don't want it. I'm the programmer. You can just take just your section. Right. So so I can upload all my source. Everybody else on the team is only downloading the generated, like what's going into the game. Yeah. Because you can designate. Sync this folder. Don't sync that one. Right. Ignore that one. Ignore the giant audio folder. Sweet. So. I hadn't even thought about using it for that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You separate it out in chunks and you're like, I'm only taking the parts I care about. Yeah. And like when we're doing trailers, I'll need art source for the trailers. Mm-hmm. So we put those in a separate folder of the art source and I only sync to that. I ignore all the rest of the art, you know, animation and all that, that I don't, don't need that are gigs and gigs and gigs and be like, okay, if you do a trailer, it goes into this folder. Cause that's the only one I'm syncing. Yeah. So yeah. Save you space. Sweet. All right. So, uh, questions? Yeah. Ready for questions? Let's do them. We had, we had some questions. I did the usual, like, went on Twitter and asked, asked some questions. Had some good ones. So, uh, Jack Manhorn, um, who's also on a podcast and he's, he's awesome, uh, asked, how do you handle comedy silly SFX? Uh, over the top. Yeah. Don't worry about being representative of the sound for sure. You gener- you want things to be funny, so you do whatever's funniest. So, a, like, a squeaking shoe doesn't have to be a squeaking shoe. Yeah. Or it should be the squeakiest of shoes, but it could also be, like, a balloon. Yeah. It's just picking sounds that are... So you get away, you get away from realist, totally get away from realistic and just representation. Yeah, yeah, for silly stuff? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, musical things as well. You can always yeah. go back to the old 50s Mickey Mousing, uh, Warner Brothers types, yeah. almost... Yeah. Almost composition. Yeah, yeah. Music like is always a, a great, great yeah. spot for that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do the Wilhelm scream. It's not funny anymore. Not funny anymore. Yeah, the time has passed. Just yeah. put that one to bed. The hawk that we have at the beginning of the podcast still got a little bit of juice. But that, I mean, <laughs> that's a case of like we picked that because to sound designers, that's funny because it's the most overused thing ever. Like we could have put the Wilhelm scream at the beginning. Like that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was the point. <laughs> uh, he also asked, favorite non-DAW, non-audio editor programs used for workflow? Uh, on the Mac, Name Mangler is my big non-audio one I use every day. Yeah, it's super good. I'm still one of the weird people that bounces out of Pro Tools as separate mono files. So I've got a left-right, and then I throw the right away, and then I have to take the .l out of the file names. So I use name, I've got Name Mangler set up with replace dot l with nothing 
for something that you don't even need to do in the and first I, place? I don't trust it. <laughs> um, oh, just oh, right. You don't. Trust I don't the mono, trust mono, mono bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ask me why. It's just it's it is confusing. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, so I have to drop drop the dot L. So I've got name angler set up to do that automatically, and every bounce something out. Mm-hmm. Throw it in name angler. One button. Everything's renamed. Right. Done. Like Sweet. it's super quick. So I love, I love me a good renamer. Yep. Name Angler is the one that I found on the Mac. Yeah. As of late. Well, and we were going over uh, audio editors today, not DAWs, but audio editors. Well, batch processors. Yeah, batch processors, which are. So it's a little, I was still working there. There are tons of these yeah. useful non-DAW programs, and I was really happy with the Sample Manager, which you recommended today. I've been going on about Sample Manager for ages. I found Sample Manager when I first went freelance, and was. Um, my options really were buy bias peak, yep. which at the time I couldn't afford, okay. which is a two track editor and a batch processor. Yeah. Um, but that's what I had been using at EA and it was like the big one on Mac. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can't afford that. So I found myself a cheap two track editor that didn't do batch processing. Yep. And I found sample manager and both of those were still less than half the cost of buying bias peak. Yeah. So I got all the tools I needed. Sample Manager, that's all it does is batch processing. Yeah, okay. Of like so you still want a good two-track editor. You still need a two-track editor, but for batch processing, it's it's the bee's knees. Yeah. Um, I don't awesome. do enough. I feel like I don't do enough two-track editing. I rarely, rarely ever use two-track editing. I do it all the time. Yeah? For VST, for processing stuff? Um, for, like, I do a lot of my points? fades. Oh, really? I'll bounce something, and then I'll check it in my two-track and go, oh, there's something like I just... I need to put another fade on it. Oh, okay. Um, or sometimes certain plugins. I think it's certain plugins in Pro Tools will give you, like, you end up with this header. Okay. Um, so I Oh, if you out. don't print it out first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because your latency. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I use my two-track editors for loops. Mm-hmm. That's where I check all my loops, make sure the loops work. Yep. So, so yeah. Two-track two editor is, is good to have. But. Yeah, because I, I was using Amadeus, which is a two-track editor and a batch processor. Right. Um, so that's but why. But then I, today I needed to do actu- I needed to do VST processing, or yeah. I wanted to try. Because usually when I'm using Amadeus, it's usually just to, like, normalize or uh, drop the pitch. Actually, yeah. it, doesn't work that, it doesn't work well for dropping pitch. Can't do that. Making things louder, making them quieter. Yeah. But I wanted to actually do some bit crushing on, like, 200 files today. And needed to use a VST. Amadeus yeah. doesn't do that. It, it looks Weird. like it should, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. Audacity can't do it. Audacity, you can use plugins and batch process plugins, but you can only batch process the uh, Audacity plugins. Uh, but uh, if someone wants to correct me on that, if I'm wrong, I'd right. be happy to accept that wrongness. Yeah. Um, but Sample Manager was great. You yeah. Set up, you can set up these complex processing chains and then just select 200 files and click go. And you can turn certain process like you can have a whole chain and then turn parts of it on and off. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you can really have cool. a, like a whole bunch of stuff and be like, okay, I'm going to process this this way. Do it and then go. Okay, this next one, I actually just want to turn off that one processor. Yeah, turn that off. Still run the whole chain. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I do all my like speech processing with Sample Manager. I'll like throw th- a couple of files, like a representation of files into Pro Tools set up what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. save as presets, and then slam, like, the 200 files through yeah. Sample Manager. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome for that. 
Well, and what I was using it for today was normalizing all these dialogue lines. So it was all the same actor. Yeah. And I know that all the mixing is going to be, I'm going to be doing the mixing in an engine. Yeah. And so I just want all the RMS levels to be about the same. Yeah. And that was so much faster than <laughs> doing it in Pro Tools. Yeah. So that was great. Um, my favorite, Sample Manager is not my favorite yet, but my favorite uh, non DAW efficiency pr- workflow programs yeah. is actually having a gaming mouse. Um, like oh, a, I, have an M- I have an MMORPG mouse yeah. that has 20 mappable buttons on it. Yeah. And a shift button, so it actually has like thirty or forty. Right. And then I've been able to set macros to Pro Tools commands, and you can set they can be specific to any given any given program. Yeah. So I've got it set up for RX, got nice. it set up for Pro Tools, uh, have it set up for Ableton. So my left hand rarely has to leave the left side of the keyboard. Yeah. And that's sped everything up so much. Right. Um, things they don't work as well on Mac, on the Mac side. Yeah. Things are much better on the PC side. Kind of related to that, one of my really things I really like is I have a rat mouse. Yeah, that the upper rat mice have a left right scroll wheel. Yeah, that's sweet. Which is super awesome for audio. Yeah, like the regular scroll wheel up and down is like whatever. That's what I used to love about the Apple Magic Mouse. The Magic Mouse does the side the, scroll. It does the 360 scroll, but that's an analog trackball, and I went through like two or three of them jamming up on me. The Magic Mouse with no with no ball, the one that's no, just that the touch one. No, that one's weird. I don't like that one. <laughs> you can go sideways the one on before that. before that. That was not a Magic Mouse. Yeah, that was the Magic Mouse. It was? Oh, okay. Pretty well, the new sure one's the Magic Mouse, I think. Or is right, now the Maybe new, it was something else. Yeah. yeah. That weird shape one, I don't like that. It doesn't feel right. It, the one I, I that, like it, but it's just, I need my buttons, man. Yeah. It's only got four. So the one before that had the little trackball instead of a scroll wheel. And right. So it was 360, which was great. You could do left, right. Yeah, it was that awesome. cool. But it was analog, and it would jam up, and there's no way to clean it. Oh, so you just throw it away by another $70 Basically, mouse. yeah. Um, so now I'm on the rat, and it's got a dedicated left, right scroll that's under your thumb. Right. Which is awesome. And there are also uh, macro programs that a lot of people I've found don't, don't know about. Quick there Keys. Quick Keys. Is Quick Keys still around? Quick Keys is... Has been very slow on their on their support of new versions. Okay, um, it's still around. You can still get it, but I've seen like looked around on forums and they're like, yeah, they haven't updated it in two mm. years. So it's not something I wanted to invest in, even yeah. though I do think it's still the best. I got one called Keyboard Maestro. Yeah, um, which is really fantastic. I was running into a couple issues with it yesterday, but I'm going to investigate investigate them further. But so basically, if you just have all these files that need to be bounced, or if you need to consolidate a bunch of regions or add fades and consolidate 200 yeah. regions in a row, you can set up a macro, looping macro to do that. Right. And just hold a button down and it just that's goes through awesome. and does it. Yeah. So that's sweet. Yeah. Jack's last question was favorite snacks. I've been uh, watching my calorie intake. So eating I, a lot of bananas. I should be watching my calorie intake. I'm trying to get there. But Favorite just... non-DA program? My fitness pal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just got a giant um, bag of uh, Chicago mixed popcorn that I'm going to devour before I decide to stop. I'm going to try to get out of here before it gets opened. Yeah, I'm just going to wave it in front of you. And then See, cry. It's so good. Cry into my steering wheel. It's so good. All right. So thanks to Jack for those questions. Uh, Chris... Trevino asked, how do you balance work and life? 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, you're you kind of overwork. Um, I would say I like I do with just by being a jerk. I just put my foot down and I'm just like no, mm-hmm. like this needs to change. Like this is going to be too much work. I'm going to need somebody. Yeah, or, you know, just be like no, that's going to take five days. Well, can you do it in three? No, it's going to take five days. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just. For me, it's putting a really strong, like, line in the sand of, like, I need time away from work. I need time to do my own projects. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm not letting other stuff get in the way of that. Yeah. Not not saying that, like, oh, this needs some extra stuff. I'm going to, you know, be there and make the game good and great and everything. But you you, you have to just sometimes be an asshole and have a line in the sand about stuff. You just have to, sometimes you just have to say that something can't be done. Yeah. And maybe it could be done if you killed yourself to do it. Yeah. But then it probably wouldn't be done particularly well and people just have to reorganize. If they're not giving you enough time to do something, then that's kind of the end of the short of it. Like I have a little alarm bell almost in my head that tells me, yeah, you're not being productive anymore. Like mm-hmm. you're too tired, you worked too long and you could spend another 5 hours on this. And get 45 minutes of actual work done. Yeah. Or you could do it in the morning. Yeah. It's a, it's still a really tough thing, especially as a freelancer. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I think, I don't remember if I've said it on the podcast before, but I found when I was freelancing, um, I found bringing in partners on projects helped my me balance things. Yeah. Um, I would take everything that came along, and if I was like, you know what, this is too much, I would bring in a partner on a project and tell everybody like, Hey, I'm bringing in a partner. Like you still only have to deal with me and it's all coming through me. I'm going to vet it. It's not, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pass off crummy stuff. It's still going to be awesome as anything I would give you because I trust this guy and it worked well. Mm -hmm. Like I was able to like regain some life through that way. Yeah. You know, so, uh, he also asked, what are your favorite sites to buy cheap gear? I.e. monoprice. Well, monoprice, Monoprice. I I don't buy cool. a lot of cheap, really cheap gear. I buy I buy cables from Monoprice. Yeah, Monoprice is supposed to be great for cables. It's great for cables. As far as mics and stuff, I try to stay name brand. I know you like to mess around with capsules and stuff a lot more. I don't buy a lot of mics. I, I've started getting into the DIY yeah. stuff. Like I've been building some of my Eurorack modules, and I've got some mics that I'm going to replace the capsules on, and just yeah. seeing like getting into it. It's more like it's a hobby part of it, like messing with stuff. Um, the bigger thing that I find than than buying, finding somewhere cheap to buy stuff, is to buy from one place consistently, mm-hmm. like to form a relationship. Yeah, um, really helps. Like the last time I got something um, at Tom Lee, our local music store, that I try to um, buy as much of my stuff from as I can. If they have it, I'll buy it at Tom Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, and I always buy it from the same guy. Yeah, so he knows me. He's, he's got, I've got a relationship with him. So yeah. I bought a, a, another Eurac module and he was like, Oh, I'll, I'll see what I can knock off the price on this. Yeah. You know, he didn't sweet. have to, he just was like, you're a good guy. I like you're in here, you know, yeah. I'm sure there's a ton of people that buy more stuff than me from them, but mm-hmm. he still, he knows me, talks to me about stuff yeah. and he's like, Oh, I'll try to help you when I can. Yeah. You know, that I think goes a long way being, being a regular. Yeah somewhere i feel like really cheap gear isn't gonna help you much unless you're planning on destroying it sure you can get cheap things that are good yeah um 
the internet is a good place to get cheap gear. Uh, <laughs> the other, uh, the other kind of like cheap place that I really go to is dollar stores. Dollar stores are amazing for yeah, fully stuff and yeah. like inspirational stuff. Yeah, uh, Jack had a great picture um, on Instagram a couple of days ago of like he went what looked to me a dollar store. And it had a huge pile of stuff, and I was like, oh, that looks so much fun. It's <laughs> so much stuff to make sounds with. So, yeah, other than, like, I would turn to Monoprice for cables. Um, I don't know where else I would get. Just I buy direct, too. Not not just, like, from the same place. Like Locally, I'll buy from the same place. Yeah. Um, I've been buying my Eurorack modules direct from people. Yeah. That's a way to, like, what has been What has been your experience as a Canadian buying stuff? Do you ever buy gear from the States, or do you end up just paying for it all at the border? There's a couple places I buy from um, that ship straight to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, musician's Friend does, uh, like, all the taxes included pricing. Cool. They use uh, these guys who do all the border stuff for you, so you're paying up front. You never get surprised, right. which is you great. You still save money. So you you see exactly at the end what you're going to pay. Right. There's no surprises. Um, Native Instruments uh, get, has great sales. I get dinged. But they ship UPS, yeah, which is the worst coming into Canada. If you can avoid UPS, do it. I just got complete for the two hundred dollar cross grade, yeah, and it was eighty dollars, yeah, on top of that when yeah, it arrived. I was like, oh um, man. So shopping on the internet as a Canadian, watch who your shippers are. Mm-hmm. DHL is probably one of the better ones. Um, and then comes down to your guy, yeah. Like I had the DHL last thing I got from DHL, I think it was a Eurorack thing, and he phoned me and was, "I'm in your neighborhood. I'm gonna have to come back. There's duty. There's so, your your building manager will is there to accept the package, but there's duty. Mm. Do you want like? Can you give me your credit card and pay for the duty right now? Because then I'll go back and drop it off. Oh, sweet. Otherwise, I'll have to. It was like a Friday too, so yeah. he's like, "Otherwise, I'm gonna have to come back on a Monday." Right. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome. Sure. Like, great." <laughs> And last question from Chris was advice for the beardless for surviving winter. <laughs> you still got some time. You can start growing a beard now. Start growing a beard. I can yeah. sh- I can send you clippings in <laughs> you a bag. Can, you can wrap them around your body. You can glue Gord's beard trimmings to your face. <laughs> yeah. Start selling beard I blankets. think um, not surviving winter is why we live in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we, we left the great white north. We We went to the part of Canada where we don't have to survive winter. Yeah. Uh, James Dean asked, how do you manage your own recordings in your library? Tagging, normalization, versions, all that kind of stuff. I think not terribly well. I think mine could be a lot better. Um, I like things like I try to record things as well as I can right off the bat so I don't have to do a whole lot, which is something I learned from Robbie Elias from uh, who works at Microsoft. Yeah. He said just Record things how you would like them to be in your library, basically. Yeah. And then all you have to do is label them, add some metadata, which I am terrible at. I, yeah. I usually just have really long file names, um, so I can just search them in Finder um, because I don't, have a, I don't have SoundMiner. I don't have a metadata searcher mm-hmm. yet. So I just use really long file names and record them as well as I can. And if they're – I still go through everything, uh, usually in Rx, yeah. to do some cleaning – to remove like me breathing and stuff and make sure the sound starts at the beginning of the file. But I don't I don't do a whole lot. Really. I'm I'm horrible. Yeah. I have uh, I have a folder called raw. Yeah. 
that's where all my assets go and it's just it's straight out of the recorder right and it just it's there yeah i do try to do some I file name it and then yeah i do very little mastering when it comes to that kind of stuff right. so i just do what i need to do when i'm deal with it when it's needed yeah yeah so so yeah not great answers but uh yeah we do it badly yeah, I know that consensus. Tim Preble did a really good uh, article on designing sound a few months ago on uh, just being crazy good with your metadata. Yeah. Uh, a last question is for – I'm going to make you say it because I'm sure. horrible at butchering people's names. And I'm... All right. Renzo G. Heredia uh, asks, how do you deal with audio revisions needed immediately on a busy day? Um, depends. I, it depends. You have to, you have to always be weighing – your deadlines. Yeah. You have to weigh your priorities. I mean, you have to weigh your priorities. You have to weigh who's asking for it yeah. as part of your priorities. Money's a big thing. Yeah. If, if it's a cheap um, client that's asking for crazy things, then they don't get priority. Yeah. I've done, I mean, I had a, a I turned around a speech request in an hour the other day. Yeah. Because we were like, we're still kind of like testing stuff out and seeing what's going to work and what are we going to need real voice actors for. So, like, here's some lines. We want to try them out in game. I'm like, all right, give me the lines. Went into our booth, recorded them, edited them, threw them in. Yep. There you go. Hook them up. Check it out. Yeah. The best way to get, get them and done it is to be- just do it. Yeah. Just do it without and, and finish it and get it out. And that was a case of the speech was a priority. That I was like, oh, I want to be working on my Foley sounds that I've got all mm-hmm. done. But the the designers checking out how this speech is going to work in game and how, game and how it's going to flow yeah, needed to be done now. Yeah, the fully didn't. So, and when you're freelancing, a lot of the time it's about getting to know your client. Yeah, some clients tell you that they need things right now when really they don't, and they yeah. just they it's they're they're putting a safeguard on themselves because they think maybe they think you're going to be late because everyone else is or something. Um, so they're asking for things early. Yeah, and so. If it's impossible, it's impossible. Yeah. It's the and same with the work-life your, balance. Right. You put your foot down and say, this is impossible. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're going to get it tomorrow. Yeah. You know. Um, and you don't have to get in a fight about it. You no. Just, if you just say no right out of the gates, then uh, th- that's usually the end of it. Yeah. 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 I think you have to you have to balance the, uh, the Scotty syndrome. Scotty in Star Trek will always be like, give inflated figures and then look yeah. like a hero because he'd be like... Under that, yeah, I don't necessarily think that's the way to go. No, you just if you be realistic about it and go look at it's like what you've asked for is going to take me eight hours to do. Yeah, the, uh, that's and I've got this other stuff and or like I can get to it at this point. Yeah, this is not a five minute job. Yeah, yeah. but too if it's a five minute job and just you can it. like stop what you're doing and switch gears really quickly, mm-hmm. it can be worth just getting it done and getting it out of the way. Yeah, and then and people appreciate that. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's that's enough for this month. That's a wrap. I'll um, talk to you next month. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Oh, and there's the cat. Yay, cat's here. <laughs>